We saw last time that Mark left the first missionary journey and went home. Maybe he was uncomfortable with the culture. Maybe he was homesick. Or maybe he was simply afraid. Here's Pastor David. But maybe Mark, maybe he was just frightened. Maybe he was afraid, right? Traveling, even now, can be dangerous. But back then, it was very dangerous. There were bandits. People would beat you up and take your stuff, you know? Paul is going into these places, and he's, and he's addressing political leaders who, if they don't like what he has to say, have the power to do bad things to Paul and Barnabas and Mark, you know? He knows about the persecution that's been going on in the church. He understands the reaction that many people have towards the message of Jesus Christ. And so maybe he was just afraid. And maybe his fear made him turn and go. And, and for us, you know, we, we may not have to worry as much about bandits on the road. And we may not have to worry as much about somebody, you know, throwing rocks at us because we're a Christian beating us up, killing us, putting us in prison for being a Christian. We may not have to worry about that right now. But there is a fear in the church when it comes to the work of the mission of making disciples for Christ. There's a social and professional fear. For some people, proclaiming their faith, professing their faith in Christ, standing for God's truth and morality can get you in trouble in some jobs. It can keep you from advancement in some jobs, especially in places like academia, colleges and universities, places like that. There are places where you simply cannot talk about your faith or you cannot take a strong stand on certain moral issues where Scripture has spoken clearly without facing some trouble. Okay, some people have that. Fair enough. But there's a different one. There's a different one. For a lot of us, there's a fear of social rejection if we profess our faith in Christ. Okay, we're not worried about getting in trouble by our superiors, you know, at work or something. We're worried about our friends and our family and the way that they're going to react if we profess that we're Christ followers and we try to make disciples of other people. There's nothing that will put tension in a room like the words, let's talk about Jesus, Right? It's like in those Westerns, they walk into the bar and like the deedle comes off the record and everybody stops. Do they have record players back then? I don't know. Anyway, and everybody stops and looks at the person, right? All the tension, all the fun of the room leaves and everybody looks at the person who's talking about Jesus, you know, wants to talk about Jesus like they are an alien, like they're crazy, right? That's what happens. It's not polite conversation in this American culture of ours, particularly in this section of it in the Northwest. For some people, the reason it's like that is because other people who have wanted to talk about Christianity have been obnoxious or unloving when they've talked about Christianity. Being pushy or arrogant is not attractive, okay? Give you that. But some of us are frightened to engage in conversations about this thing, Jesus Christ, the thing that's the most important In the universe, to a Christ follower, we don't want to talk about that thing because it might affect our social lives or our social standing. And look, it's it's legitimate. It really might. You really may lose friends. You really may have family members that reject you. That's that's real. I'm not trying to to make it sound like it's not. It is real. Maybe they won't want to hang out with you anymore. 
Maybe your faith in Christ will be the thing that divides. The name of Jesus Christ often does that because people have a choice to make when Jesus is brought up. Submission or rebellion. And if you're representing Jesus, and that's consistently who you're going to represent, and they want to be in rebellion, they may not want to be around you. Maybe that'll happen. But nevertheless, we know you're called to push past that fear and proclaim the truth, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know that you're called to do that. That is the Great Commission. It is the mission given to all of us that we are to share the love of Jesus Christ. After all, he's your only hope, and he's their only hope. I'm not saying to be pushy, rude, arrogant, judgmental, unnecessarily awkward, or harsh. I'm not saying to do any of those things. Right? In general, we want to be able to talk about truth in an effective way, whatever we're talking about, whether it's Jesus or any other truth that we're talking about. You want to be effective in bringing truth without making everybody feel uncomfortable and awkward necessarily, right? This is what it says in Colossians 4, 5 through 6. Behave wisely toward outsiders, making the best use of your time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer everyone. Be wise. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is with you. It's good to speak the truth. And the rewards for speaking truth are eternal rewards. It's something that you ought to do. It's not a persecution that you should fear. But maybe for Mark, that was the deal. Maybe he was afraid. Maybe he turned back. The last uh, theory or guess the, uh, of, of why Mark may have left is an interesting one. Um, and and what, they, what some say is perhaps... Maybe John Mark objected to Paul's leadership instead of Barnabas. As you'll remember, up to this point, Barnabas has been the leader, right? It was Barnabas who introduced Paul to the apostles at Jerusalem. It was Barnabas who went and recruited Paul for, to help with the work at Antioch, right? It was Barnabas who was sort of leading this party. But let's look at the first part of the passage of our verse for today. It says this, Now when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia. Paul and his party, it looks like things have changed. Leadership has emerged, and it looks like the leadership is with Paul now and not Barnabas. Well, Barnabas is John Mark's cousin. Now, maybe, maybe Mark doesn't like the fact that Paul is now the leader. Maybe he thought this was his cousin Barnabas's party, not Paul's party, right? Maybe that's what he thought. Maybe Mark just likes the way Barnabas leads and just doesn't really like the way that Paul leads. I know that we don't need to spend a lot of time on this because no one has ever left a church that they were called to be in because of differences of opinion with leadership. I know that that's never happened. Um, but just in case it might, let's flesh this out a little bit. Has Paul, from what we can tell in the text here, done something unforgivable or unbiblical, made a decision, forced Mark to do something immoral, we don't have any evidence of that. We don't have any evidence that, that Paul has done anything to make himself not a proper leader at all. The text here suggests that if, in fact, Mark was upset with the change in leadership, it was simply that he preferred Barnabas to Paul. He would have preferred different leadership. Now, this is a tough one because sometimes God calls us to follow leadership and we would prefer the leadership with someone else. 
Anybody ever had a boss that you would politely have preferred was a different boss? Anybody? Yeah. Sometimes we don't like the leadership that we're, that we're supposed to follow, right? Has there ever been a leadership in a church and some of the folks, some of the time, would prefer that there was a different leadership? Uh-huh. Even the leadership sometimes prefers that there would be a different leadership, right? Especially when the current leadership happens to disagree with something that you want to do or disagree with what you think the color of the carpet in the social hall ought to be. Sometimes you would prefer there was a different leadership, okay? That happens sometimes. Yes, it does. In fact, every church that's ever preached the gospel on this earth has probably had at least one person in that church at some point prefer a different leadership, right? But God calls us to the work of his kingdom, and he calls us to do that work in the context of a church body that he has called us to, right? And that church body, part of the body life of that church, of that organism, is that there's going to be leadership, and they're going to be humans, and they're going to make mistakes. We should not fail to finish strong or leave a church we're called to or anything else because of a difference of opinion or a different preference for leadership. For some folks, the concept of leadership at all ruffles their feathers. They don't like it. That's a different message. Spoiler alert, when we get to that one, leadership in the church is biblical. So, you know, it just is. But for some people, it's not the idea of leadership. It's the practice. It's the practice. Uh, Here are some things to think about. If you find yourself at some point in the position of preferring that the leadership was different at your church, if they have not done something unbiblical or immoral, you should probably just forbear whatever the issue is and keep working and what God's called you to do. If they have done something that you believe is immoral or unbiblical, listen carefully, go to them and ask for clarification. Maybe there's just an issue of clarification. And the place you get that clarification is with the person who you have the issue with. Not some person over here who's easier to talk to, right? Or some group of people over here, or a Facebook chat over here, or your friends who aren't even Christians outside, but the person who you've got an issue with. That's biblical. That's why you do it. If, in fact, you're right and they're wrong and they won't change. We'll go through the Matthew 18 process, two or three, then take it to the elders and so on. And if at the end of that, they're truly doing unbiblical or immoral things, then it's time to start praying about what church God is leading you to because you can't stay in a place where that's happening. But if it's not, which it's usually not, an issue of being unbiblical or immoral, time to think about forbearing. Think about letting it go. And saying, who cares? Who cares? They make a mistake. I've made mistakes. But complaining, talking negatively to people inside the church or outside the church about the leadership, deciding to go somewhere else where you prefer the leadership more when God's called you to a church, or stopping doing the work you were called to do because you're so upset about something somebody else is doing, all of those are not finishing strong. All of those are not finishing strong. There will be times when people in leadership will make mistakes. 
There will also be times where you just simply disagree with the decision. Remember back to our study a long time ago on jurisdiction. On jurisdiction. You have enough to work on within your own sphere of jurisdiction without jumping into other people's spheres and trying to help them with what they've got to work on. Sometimes you just have to say, not my problem. Right? I don't have to deal with that. If it's not an unbiblical or moral issue, I just don't happen to like it. Well, it's not my jurisdiction anyway. I don't know why Mark left. I don't know what he thought of Paul's leadership. I don't know if he disagreed with it. I know Paul was a human being who made mistakes, but I also know that God called Paul to be a leader. God is developing some of you to be leaders in the church. Some of you already are leaders in the church. All of you are leaders in certain areas of jurisdiction within your life. You have leadership roles. And I pray that you will receive grace for your errors and trust in your judgment for those who you're called to lead. I also pray that you'll give grace and trust to those who you're called to follow. That's what we need to do. Here's the deal. Being a Christ follower is hard work. It's hard work. It is. It's rewarding. It's adventurous. It's amazing. It's blessed. It's wonderful. But it is hard. Mark found that out. We can only do this work only through the power of the Holy Spirit, period. If we rely on anything else, we will not finish strong. We can start strong, we can grow like a weed, but if we will not rely on the Holy Spirit and we rely on ourselves, we will not finish strong. The message today is, listen, don't give up. Finish strong. God has called you to a work. Don't run home. Don't leave. Don't go to another church if God has called you to this one. Do what God has called you to do. Do not do what John Mark has done here. Count the cost before you start a work and be ready to pay the price. That's not to scare you off, to tell you that there's a price to pay. It's to encourage you. For those of you who are already in Christ, keep pressing forward. There are eternal rewards in finishing strong. For those of you who Christ is calling to himself into a relationship with him, get ready to pay a high cost for an unfathomable reward priceless reward. Galatians 6, 9 says this. It says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. For at the right time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And Proverbs says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Trust God, acknowledge him, follow him. He will direct your paths. He will give you the strength. You can finish strong in him. That's the fact. Finish what you've started. And if you've stumbled, if you've stumbled, if you've been doing the work and you've stumbled and you're, and you're in this place where you, may, you feel like you may not finish strong, take heart. We know that John Mark stumbled, right? But Paul later in his life writes this letter to Timothy and he says this, 2 Timothy 4.11, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you for he is useful to me for ministry. Eventually they reconcile. Mark stumbled. He didn't finish that missionary journey strong, but he did finish strong. Eventually 
The Holy Spirit inspired him to write the Gospel of Mark. That's why we know his name, right? Mark did eventually finish strong, even though he stumbled. So take heart if you have stumbled. God will use you. God will use you even if you've stumbled, but press back into the work and finish strong. It's important to be there, to be there, to do the work, to follow through. It's how we finish, to forbear when there are things that come up that don't need to be an issue and we can forbear, we need to forbear. We need to have selflessness. And we need to remember as we do the work that we're called to do as a church, as individuals within this body, members of this organism, this body of Christ, we need to remember that it's about God and not about us. That'll help you a long way. If you remember that it's about God and not about us, remember what you're working for. Remember who you're working for and who's working through you. Paul did finish strong. He wrote this in 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I want to be able to say that. I want every one of you to be able to say that. And I know that those who follow Christ and press into following Christ will finish strong because it's God who does the work. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit finishes strong. And if he started a work in you, he's going to finish it strong. He's going to finish it strong. God will complete the work. Do not desert the mission. I know that we all go through these times where it's just like, oh my gosh, it's just I want to do something easier. Can I just watch something on TV on Sundays and kind of get my thing that way? Can I do whatever? Doing this is hard and it's tiring and it's difficult and we're, and we're stretched sometimes as God tries to grow us, as he does grow us, and we're tempted to not finish strong. Listen, don't desert the mission. Don't desert the mission. Do not be afraid. Don't let youth or homesickness or differences of opinion or differences of culture keep you from finishing strong. We have work to do. Another encouraging message, wasn't it? And I want to remind you that the same kind of rock-solid Bible teaching happens every week here at Axe Church in Vancouver, Washington. So I hope you'll join us. Pastor David loves to meet folks from our Contemplate audience. So come this Sunday. Get easy directions and all the info you need at axechurchnw.org or give us a call at 360-885-9000. Thanks for listening and be sure to check out our next episode here on Contemplate.